Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it night and uh, missed it last week uh, we had extenuating circumstances with our son Chandler so we missed you but uh, we're so glad that you're back again with us this week and uh, we love Tuesday nights around here uh, mainly because we just love I love our guests I love the people that I get to talk to and share some time with and mostly I'm just so excited about sharing them with you uh, today is no exception, and uh, we're going to be actually continuing uh, along a subject that we started with our last two guests. Uh, we had um, last time around Michael Glenn Bell and Dwayne Arnold, and these guys are doing some very interesting stuff out of Indianapolis area. Um, they're doing uh, worship uh, songs and CDs and writing. Uh, based on old uh, liturgical uh, writing. In fact, their first pro- project called the Martyrs Project, they were, were uh, took their their lyrics from the words of the martyrs, and uh, now they uh, just released a project called Mystic Chapel, in which uh, they are taking liturgy from about 300 A.D. and um, and yet putting that to uh, music that connects to people today. Uh, some of it is kind of a eagle sound. Others of it is uh, really more folk-oriented um, or even with a little classical influence. It's really a, really a very innovative project. And uh, But that time there, uh, we got to talking about fog machines. We'll, we'll get onto this a little bit later, but... Uh, uh, I, I wrote a that prompted me to write a, a catch about fog machines, and uh, um, that kicked over this whole subject of worship. And uh, I think it uh, actually led our our, our guest and I back, uh, to do some talking together about this whole thing. And that's why I'm so glad he's able to be on and uh, shed some light on this whole subject of worship, where are we today, where have we come from, that kind of thing. Um, uh, so I'm very happy to introduce to you uh, Director of DeMoss Center for Worship in the Performing Arts uh, at Judson University in Elgin, Illinois, uh, my good friend Warren Anderson. Welcome, Warren, to Thanks, Catch sir. Radio. Th- yeah, thanks for having me on, John. It's been great to uh, catch up where we left off. <laughs> it seems like our paths always circle back around, and so it's been beautiful to to be chatting with you the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, uh, you, uh, for our listeners who don't know, I do travel and speak a lot, and 
one of my favorite places to go has been Judson, and and Warren has been uh, a real support and uh, has had me in numerous times. I don't even yeah. know whether I can count how many. Um, quite a few. But uh, yeah, quite a few, and uh, usually for more than one day, which I love, two or three days. Yeah. Get a, yeah, we get a chance to get to know a little what's going on on campus, meet students, talk to students, and of course I. You know, I'm still that. I, I still go back to those uh, Jesus music days of the 70s, and and uh, my I, I'm still a radical. So I like to I like to mix up the thing a little bit. I like to, you know, get students thinking and and push their push their envelope a little bit, and so that gets discussion going on, which to me is what it's all about. You That's do that really very fun. well, John. You do that very well. It's uh you do it's an excellent time. Anybody listening there who hasn't invited John uh to come to campus, if you're involved with campus ministry, I highly recommend him. He'll do a great job on your campus and really stir up some wonderful conversations. There we go. All right. I paid for that. <laughs> no. No, I didn't. I didn't. That that was wonderful. Well, uh, Warren, we want to get right into what we're talking about here. I mean, you you mentioned um, that you have been doing some new and innovative things uh, with worship, with your your choir concerts, and uh, yeah, uh, that led to some discoveries. So uh, jump in wherever you want and 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 tell us about some of it. Yeah, well, when I took the reins, I'm only the third choir director in the 53-year history of Judson University, so it goes back wow. a long ways. And uh, I wow. sang, I'm a Judson alum, so I sang for the first and founding director, uh, Ed Thompson, and Dale Velker took the reins after Ed, and now it's me. And one of the things that when we created this whole Center for Worship in the Performing Arts back in 2012, and uh, then the DeMoss family graciously uh, endowed uh, a lot of what we're doing, so we're now the DeMoss Center. The The idea was that we should infuse every aspect of what would be normally a traditional music or worship arts education. We should infuse everything through the lens of what Paul tells us in Romans 12.1, that everything that we do is our spiritual act of worship. And so that means that our piano students down in the practice rooms grinding away on their scales, they should be looking at that as if it is their worship to God. And our theater students, when they're memorizing their lines, they're not doing it just so that they won't screw up uh, when it's time to open the curtain. They're doing it as an act of worship to God who gave them those theatrical gifts. And so how that's translated in our uh, concert choir ministry is that we really have radically transformed the whole experience Um, and from the get-go. So most college choirs, in fact, when I was in the Judson, we were a college back then, Judson College Choir, we would spend 15 minutes before the concert figuring out, okay, how we're going to line up. We're going to march in this way two by two as if we're going up to the ark, and you're going to turn left here, and you're (laughs) going to turn right there. and, And there's nothing inherently evil about that. But we have done, since I took over the choir, we have the students get in the back in the narthex, and then on my signal they just go in and they spread themselves out 
and they simply shake the hands of the people who have come there. And it it breaks the ice immediately. It puts the congregation in a in a great frame of mind to see these young, freshly scrubbed college students actually mm-hmm. pressing the flesh, reaching out and thanking someone, shaking their hands and smiling at them, and you know the whole thing. It just breaks the ice, mm. and, and the yeah. change is is immediate. Mm. So. Mm. So that's one thing, um, and then in the context of the of the concert itself, we've really made it a point to to kind of upend the the usual. And again, God works in way He works with traditional choirs and all the other Christian schools out there who don't do this. I'm not saying for a second that their ministries are invalid, but for what we felt that we needed to do was to turn these concerts into worship services so that we're not performers, we are worship facilitators. And that really takes takes shape in two significant ways. The first is that about one-fourth to a third of our entire program is congregational. In other words, I will turn around and I will lead the congregation Mm. and the choir behind me will sing. We're all singing together Mm -hmm. and we are lifting up our corporate worship to the Lord. It involves the congregation. It keeps them from being passive consumers and it it Mm -hmm. gets them engaged in the experience. And then, Great. and we have a narrative ebb and flow. Uh, this year, we're speaking, or we're um, singing through uh, sayings of Christ. It's kind of like we're the red letter uh, choir this year. Uh, everything that we <laughs> do is related to something that Christ spoke in the Gospels. Last year, we looked at the Lord's Prayer and sang through that. The year before that, we looked through the Psalms, and everything was based off of a Psalm. So it gives it some mm-hmm. narrative ebb and flow. Um, and then the other thing, John, is we've really expanded our repertoire. It used to be, uh, you know, when you CCM pioneers were out there, if you brought a drum set into the church back then, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just it, it was it was you know a, a cause for great uh, emotion and debate. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't have a drum set in a church, <laughs> they, uh, you're deemed irrelevant to to the culture. Mm-hmm. So. So we bring in a full praise band with bass, guitar, um, keyboard, um, brass, and yet we also do two or three songs with a chamber orchestra of flute, violin, oboe, cello, and just the whole thing. And it has just radically transformed um, our concerts, and, and the responses that we've gotten from congregations has been fabulous. Wow, wow. Are there? Tell us. Um, uh, tell us some. Are there any stories you can tell us about um, what's happened in some of these events that you've carried out? Yeah, there's um, there, there's one that's kind of near and dear to my heart. My father had uh, vascular dementia for the past uh, three or four years, and brilliant PhD who used to lecture in a 500-seat auditorium in a conservatory a conservatory in Cincinnati. And the last uh, four years of his life, he, he couldn't even put a sentence together. So we sing, uh, at the close of our concerts, we sing Chris Tomlin's I Will Rise. It's a marvelous choral arrangement done by uh, Beckenhorst Press, and it's, you know, double choir and this kind of thing. It's 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 the best choral arrangement of a uh, 
mm-hmm. of a worship song I've ever seen. And I, mm. I introduced that by, by telling my story, and uh, my dad died a couple of weeks ago, and so I've been able to tell that. But even before he died, uh, just the hope that congregations feel when we sing that song. And after every, I kid you not, every concert, someone comes up and says, Thank you for singing that song. Um, we just um, buried my mom, and it was the same thing. Or husbands come up with tears in their eyes saying, my wife is is slowly fading away. Thank you for giving me hope. Mm. Thank you for the reminder. Um, I, I think mm. that song at that point in the um, concert just reminds people of the fact that, uh, as the wonderful hymn says, we have strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, and, and that's that's what we're promised. And God is faithful mm. in that provision. Um, so, there was a go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, oh, okay. You go ahead. Well, one more, one, one more story from this great, past Christmas great. that that blew me away. Um, one of the, one of the, my the things that I really love about my job is I get to help. Um, students as they get up in years now to their junior and senior year, I get to help place them in local churches. And uh, we had a young man who it was in his senior year this past fall, and we helped place him into a, a small church um, where the pastors, the husband and wife pastor team, had just lost their son tragically uh, in an automobile accident. He was 24 or 25. Hmm. And so my poor student, you know, he's coming into that church right then at that moment of, of individual grief on the on the part of the pastors and also corporate mm-hmm. grief on, part, on the part of the church. And, you know, uh, by God's grace, this is a very mature student who has been knocked around in life a little bit himself. And so he was able to bring some healing even in at his tender age. But he invited um, the pastors to our Christmas concert this past December, and uh, I didn't know that. And so at the halfway point uh, of the service, at at the break, while we were changing the stage and everything else, a guy came up to me and shook his hand and introduced himself, and I recognized his name, and he said, thank you so much. Um, I had sent a card of sympathy uh, when I I had heard of, of his son's death, and he said, thank you for sending Mike our way. He's been wonderful. You know, your students here are so, so wonderful and great. And I've really enjoyed the concert. It's, it's been uh, it's been very meaningful to me. And so I thought that was going to be the end of it. Okay, uh, um, a grieving pastor, grieving the loss of his son. He comes to the Christmas concert. He hears about joy to the world and, uh, you know, this, the hope of the ages is born today. And he's he's given a little hope to make it through the next day. Well, that wasn't it. Um, at the end of the concert, um, back there um, at, in the narthex, shake, narthex, shaking hands with people, and he comes up again. And I thought, well, this is odd. He's already thanked me. But he came up and, and with tears in his eyes, um, said this. We, we closed the service with the wonderful uh, song Michael W. Smith wrote, All Is Well, that features... Uh, mm. A treble voice uh, solo on Mike. When Michael did it, there's a little boy soprano who did it. We used uh, the oldest daughter of Ben Calhoun, uh, lead singer for Citizen Way, who's on staff here as our studio producer, and uh, she did a great job. 
and, and you know there wasn't a dry eye in the building, and um, mm. and it was a, a wonderful song. So he comes after uh, up to me after the service again with tears in his eyes and saying, "I just want you to know that our son sang that solo in All Is Well 15 years ago, and I didn't mm. know you were singing it tonight." And I mm. sat back in the pew just weeping and yet in the midst of my grief felt the message of that song that all is in fact well Mm. and so i teared up he teared up (laughs) it was (laughs) yeah it it was just such a, a sacred moment that 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 a guy who came just to hear some christmas music right uh, because yeah. his 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 yeah. the, his student that we had was performing, and he wanted to support the student, so he comes, hopes to hear some good music, and and, and the Lord meets him there with a song that takes him back 15 years and helps him to release some of his grief uh, mm. in a healthy manner mm. with the truth that all is well. I mean, you can't script that, and that's those kinds of things, John, uh, happen mm. so frequently that long ago I gave up being surprised. I just My jaw drops and I'm in awe of how the Holy Spirit mm. brings the mm. people to the concerts that need to hear what we want to sing. And I tell our students, look, you're probably tired of singing this song. You've sung this song all semester, but you have no idea who oh. the Lord mm. is going to bring in to hear this message and transform a life. And uh, I, I pound that message home because they need wow. to re- they, they need to recognize how important they are as worship leaders and facilitators, even in just their singing in the tenor section of the choir. Still, <laughs> an important role. Wow, wow, that's that's wonderful. So it sounds it sounds like um, it's just, it's just a different. You guys are creating a different environment um, than than just the. You know, we're here to wow you with how good we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, no, nobody is nobody's honored if the music is crappy, right? I mean, it, so right. so we 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 can't we can't get up there and and, and give a half baked effort. But making sure. the good music is not our goal. We want to facilitate mm-hmm. worship, and if we're doing that. You know, it's like you know, you're tithing your first fruits. We have found that if we put our focus mm-hmm. there, the musical excellence or the musical very goodness or however you want to describe it, that falls into place quickly when we have our priorities in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. How? Uh, this is a big question, uh, Warren. How do you know if you've done that? How How do you know if you have facilitated worship? Um, we, well, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think (laughs) there are, there are some outward signs, but outward signs are very, very difficult to discern. And so, you know, we, at the end of the, we, we usually do a song that's very, very familiar. We're, we're this year, we're doing mighty to save, uh, right at the end of the break. And I turn around and you see hands raised and you see, uh, people swaying and everybody singing loudly. And, and, and those are indicators that people are at least participating now. Now, mm-hmm. are they, are they just getting a nice buzz off of the groove? 
You know, are they internalizing that our God is, in fact, mighty to save, that everyone does need compassion, everyone does need the kindness of a Savior? You know, are, are they internalizing that? that that's a hard judgment but but mm-hmm. you you can at least get a little bit of a sense of the level of participation what i usually use to gauge is the conversations with people afterwards when they come up yeah. often with tears tears in their eyes saying mm-hmm. i came expecting a music concert tonight i worshiped thank you mm-hmm. for for bringing this to us or i needed this tonight and th- this happens and again the holy spirit's so cool this way you know mm-hmm. that song you sang that had this line in it i just read that in my devotionals this morning and i'm just going through that struggle right now thank you because this reinforced what i had read in my devotions and again it gives me hope for one more day i mean that kind of stuff i get those conversations all the time and and it, wow. it's just so humble humbling to know that the yeah. Holy Spirit's doing what the Holy Spirit's supposed to be doing, you know, and yeah. and it's so cool to be part of that. Well, um, you know, I love this uh, the way you you uh, portrayed how you guys uh, come into the concert, shaking hands, saying hello, smiling, greeting everybody. Um, are there other ways in which you found some success in in breaking down that? that sense of distance between like performer and audience to where we become more one together as a congregation. Yeah. I I think one of the things is simply not taking ourselves too seriously. Um, Hmm. You know, this is not, you know, we're not a conservatory choir. This isn't the Juilliard Glee club. You know, this, this is not, Hmm. um, we are, uh, an evangelical Christian school in the, in the middle of uh, the heartland here in Elgin, Illinois. Uh, these are salt-of-the-earth kind of young people. We're not putting on airs. We're not pretending we're something that we're not. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I'm pretty laid back as an MC, and you know, I'm I'm this these past couple of years I've been very honest with my struggle as my dad uh, slipped. Mm-hmm. more quickly uh, into dementia and to the point where, I mean, that just wasn't the dad that I knew. And we have yeah. um, testimonies. Students will come up, and every concert we have them do testimonies. And I think what, one of the things I love about this generation, and maybe we'll cover this in a little bit too, the millennials, they are so raw and so mm. honest. And I think that which has been a staple of the Judson Choir since I was a member of it back in the 80s, uh, these testimonies just get to the heart of of, of some of the matters. And the congr- you can see after the students give the testimonies, I mean, the congregation sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll be dabbing their eyes, they'll be nodding their heads, they'll be enthusiastic, and they come up with me too uh, afterwards, and we'll talk about what a student said. And then, of course, they go and they have homestay visits, and many of our students, you know, they will then stay in the homes of these people, and then oh, the great. stories the next morning are even better. Because oh my gosh, mm. we stayed up talking till midnight talking about this. Did you know this about your student? I said, well, actually, no. That's you know that kind of thing. They're just sharing life together. So it's not just you know the hired hands coming in and doing their thing and blowing out of there. It, it, it's sharing the experience. And, and I usually pray at the end of the the service. You know, Lord, 
some of us are not going to see each other again this side of heaven. But for this mm-hmm. 90 minutes, we have been of one accord. We have been the mm-hmm. body of Christ gathered here at First Baptist Church of wherever, right? And and mm-hmm. we have been your children worshiping you together, and it has been sacred. Mm-hmm. That cuts Beautiful. through cuts through the, the typical stuffed shirt kind of approach that I think turns some people off about traditional choral stuff. As much as I love traditional choral music, it's not about the music, mm-hmm. it's about the, the the way that it's presented. Oh, oh. That's great. I I, uh, I, I mentioned uh, the the two guys, Michael and, and Dwayne, who were doing yeah. those really interesting projects uh, at the beginning of the show um, it was actually Dwayne was the one who turned me on to the whole thing about the fog machine um, mm-hmm. and that that, that was what, what he found was apparently there was a trade magazine for um, uh, stage equipment um, lights, sound all those sure. kinds of things that, that churches, so many churches are now requiring and um, he got a hold of one of those and was just thumbing through it and suddenly came upon a top 10 list of most desired um, pieces of equipment for, for churches. And number one on the list was a fog machine. Now, (laughs) you know, I, you know, on one hand I get that. I mean, you know, you need the fog machine because it's the fog that picks up the lights, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the lasers and the light. And you need the lights because you've got a stage. And you have a stage because we're putting on something that is a first-rate performance. We've got state-of-the-art sound. We've got lights. We've got lasers. We've got, you know, the whole thing going. And uh, and, and we're doing all this to the glory of God. Um, you know, has it come to this that, uh, you know, that, that we really need a fog machine to fully worship God. I mean, what, what are, I have a friend of mine who says, you know, I think sometimes we're just chasing relevance. And um, mm-hmm. if, if we, if we are, you know, can we ever, will we ever catch it? You know, um, in other words, where is all this leading us to? And uh, I, obviously you've had this question presented to you before, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, sure. give us some give it give us some kind of perspective because you know I, I I feel like I'm the guy who started this you know back mm-hmm. <laughs> really you know yeah we were we were we were putting our faith to music and it was so cool and it felt so good we've never done this before. never in our wildest dreams thinking that the church would become a place um, where uh, you know rock bands are. Are, are doing their thing at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a different thing than what you guys were doing in the late '60s and <laughs> early '70s, because I mean, there it, it's it's on it's like what you guys were doing on steroids, because it, <laughs> it just it doesn't quit, and and I think the whole chasing relevance concept is absolutely spot on we mm. never get there because the culture mm. is always changing and always shifting and what was relevant 
you know, three months mm-hmm. ago is no longer relevant now. And it puts such an onus on worship ministries to to try to to stay, uh, you know, only three mm-hmm. steps behind. You know, you can't stay ahead, but if you're only three steps behind all the coolest and latest and trendiest and hippest stuff, then you'll be okay. And I think, John, you know, it's well, these are well-intended efforts. I'm not trying to say that anybody is is not Mm well-intended, but uh, I wrote a piece for Worship Leader about 10 years ago where, where I said that, uh, the whole, in fact, I use relevancy, the the pursuit of cultural relevancy. I think the article was mm-hmm. called Church Choirs uh-huh. and the Pursuit of Cultural Relevancy. And the whole point was, uh, in that art- article, was that choirs are valuable because they are so culturally irrelevant. And, and my mm. main point in that, and I think it's still true, all these, all these efforts are usually couched in terms of we have to draw unbelievers, and this is what unbelievers want and know and like. And so we, we're we not even going to worry about what our old folks think, who are Christians and who mm-hmm. have been in the faith for so long. They're already in the flock. We're reaching out, and we have to do this pyrotechnical display because that's what our culture wants. And, John, I am uh-huh. of the opinion that that is an absolutely fatuous argument. I think, and, and I might be wrong, but yeah. I think if I were an unbeliever looking at everything in my culture, mm-hmm. and if I stumbled into a church with that age-old symbol of Christianity, a cross smack dab in the middle, just mm-hmm. like the book that you wrote on the cross, where the cross yeah. was in the middle of the church. I so love that. That's another story for another yeah. time. But if I was an unbeliever <laughs> and walked into that, John, I would want something that was churchy to be there, because I have seen yeah. what my culture has to offer, and if I'm any any sense culturally aware, and I'm an unbeliever, I recognize that my culture has nothing to offer me of any value, mm. of any mm. substance. So I am longing for something not to cater to my culture, but to transcend my culture. I want mm. something churchy to be there. I want to crack open a hymnal, even though I wouldn't know what a hymnal is. I want mm-hmm. there to be something because my culture is so bereft of any spiritual significance. So I think in our in wow. our well-intended efforts to evangelize, I think we have it backwards. And, and, mm. and I don't know when it's going to end because because you know technology will continue to go and and there will be churches who will spend oh my gosh gobs and gobs of money on stuff hoping to attract unbelievers and i think they're putting the cart before the horse yeah wow well put warren i you know um here's my question is i i just this was just shouting at me while you were talking is it really is the thing behind this really because we want to get unbelievers in here and 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 you know make them come, or is this what we want? Is that the big? When does this become? This is what I want. This is the music I want. And at what point does this become selfish? That you know, well, I want to worship this way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was trying to be gracious, John. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're opening up a okay. different door. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, we don't have to be gracious on here. We are not, not on yeah. the chat. You don't have to be gracious. <laughs> I, I have talked to worship leaders, and, and I, among, and I, I think it's a minority, but there are some for whom this kind of an approach to corporate worship. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's less about um, the evangelism piece than it is, this is really cool, this is really what I enjoy, this is what my peers enjoy, and so we're going mm -hmm. to do it. This is what we want, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And is that... Is that a hundred percent completely evil? I don't think so, but it it just doesn't get measured very well in a lot of churches. Uh, it doesn't get thought through, and, and it yeah. becomes it becomes almost an idol uh, in in some yeah. ways. I think. I agree with you, and and not only that, but it really does get evil. I think when it becomes what we call the worship wars and when yeah. when they're saying, you know, what we want rubs up against what someone else wants and I'm yeah. sorry, you don't get you have to go somewhere else because we're doing what I what we want here. You know? Yeah. And that's there's something wrong there, don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, I you know, I understand the churches that have gone the route of, of having one traditional service and one contemporary service. I understand mm -hmm. the motivation behind it. It makes things a heck of a lot easier. It is not a picture of the church. That is not the church united. Yeah. Yeah. That is the church divided and divided along the very uh, ephemeral um, line of taste and style. Yeah. And that's not yeah. a good not a good uh, pattern, I don't think. Well, you know, I uh, the thing I I love, you know, we talked about the times I come to to Judson. I, um, I just I always love being around students because they're 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 new and they're fresh and and they always have something unusual or something new to bring to the picture, and yeah. uh, so. You're in a you're in a wonderful position there to be continually watching this new influx of of kids every year. Yeah. Uh, they've gone through Christian. Some of them gone through churches. They've gone through Christian schools. Some of them they've done it all. You know. And what are they coming in? Tell us a little bit what what the 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 kids who are coming in to Judson now are like. And 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 when it comes to worship, what are the kinds of things? they're talking about what really connects to them yeah it's uh you know bob weber who was one of my mentors uh he was prophetic uh 15 years ago when he talked about the whole ancient future thing uh as far as worship goes the my students for the most part couldn't give a flying flip about the things that divided their parents uh, in hmm. worship discussions. I've got kids who are soaking in experiences uh, in what we would call liturgical settings. 
Um, very similar to what um, Michael and Dwayne were doing in their most recent um, release there. Right. For instance, um, Willow Creek Community Church, right here uh, just next door to us, the the primary exemplar of all things seeker-sensitive. Well, <laughs> they they have unleashed one of their worship leaders, a former student of mine, to do what uh, a service that that they call the practice and it is hmm. as liturgical as an anglican service and there are readings and there are prayers and there are times of confession <laughs> and there there is silence and <laughs> there is weekly eucharist and a bunch of our students uh flock to that service i think they are as a general rule interested in depth in worship, interested in worship that makes a difference in their daily lives, interested in worship that makes a difference in the lives of those with whom they are worshiping. The whole mm. community aspect is mm. uh, very big. My students are, are always sharing life at, at a level that that is greater than when I was a student here. I mean, getting into wow. some deep things vulnerability, honesty, uh, transparency, all the words that the sociologists use to describe these millennials. I'm seeing that here on Judson's campus, and by and large, it's a very, very good thing. Oh, wow. It sounds like it. It it, That sounds great. And, and, you know, that sounds to me like what you were saying before, that when you come to church, you want something different. You don't want church to look like Saturday Night Live. Or or exactly. the club you went last night. You want it yeah. to be you want it to be different, yeah. And I think uh, do, do, are you finding that the the kids are some of these kids are going back to hymns? Absolutely. Yeah, we hmm. in fact the we we've released five or six student produced, student written, student uh, recorded. In our studio, God has really blessed us, and and we've got several releases that the students have done. The one that is probably our most popular CD right now is by a a young man who's going to graduate as a senior this year, and it was a hymns album. And it's, I tell you what, (laughs) it is is very cool. He he does uh, Victory in Jesus in the manner of uh, what Rick Rubin did with Johnny Cash on all those um, oh, yeah. those latter day Johnny mm-hmm. Cash albums. So Victory in Jesus by way of Rick Rubin and Johnny Cash. He <laughs> does um, This Is My Father's World sounds like pentatonics. He re-recorded and re-recorded and re-recorded. And it's got like twelve parts going on here and there. Uh, wow. And then one sounds like a southern gospel bluegrass kind of a thing, and another one is simply piano. I mean, it is stylistically incredible, but what I find mm-hmm. even more exciting is that he is going back and grabbing these hymns and and yeah. not begrudgingly and not doing it and slapping on a middle eight that's more contemporary. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we've got several writers mm-hmm. now in, in the contemporary worship world taking a hymn and then throwing their own. Own, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bridge onto that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not sure. Forgive me, but I'm not sure <laughs> Isaac Watts is all that <laughs> m- much uh, enhanced 
by my little middle eight bridge here. And and so what our yeah. student did is just take them as they are, but just so incredible. And he's not the only one. We've got an instrumental hymns album coming out with another student next year. So they're just Great. going back and looking for the gravitas, I think, in their face, something that's mm-hmm. going to get into their soul and stick with them, something they can bank on for a lifetime, not something that's ephemeral and is going to fade whenever the next new fad is gone. Hmm. Wow, that sounds great. Hey, what if what if any of our listeners want to get a hold of some of this this music? I forgot about that. I mean, you guys have CDs, right? We do uh, have CDs. Uh, yeah. Let me give you. The, uh, sure. Let me give you website? the uh, the online store uh, web address. Okay. We can find it yeah. in. Let's see. <laughs> uh, pull this up. It is not coming up right now. Okay. Uh, but well, here, we could here's probably the... just get get to the general site, right? And then yeah. then look for the store and look for the music, maybe. Yeah. www.judsonu.edu and slash dcwpa. Dc. WPA, right? DCWPA for DeMoss Center. Well, here it is. Okay, I've got the actual, here's the online store thing. Okay, now I've got it here. Let me just give you this right here because this will take you right there. All right. So uh, without the three W's, you just type in squareup.com, S-Q-U-A-R-E-U-P.com slash market slash DCWPA. Okay. Great. Squareup.com slash market dot DCWPA. And we've got the Hymns Volume 1 album by Matt Matt Kammerer. We've got a Judson Choir uh, CD that we did live out in uh, Colorado that's got the I Will Rise song. And everything that we put up there um, is completely done by our students and everybody else. Yeah, it's good stuff. Can we... can we stream any of that? Can we sample any of it um, yeah, online? Yeah, all, all these. Yep, all these uh, things are cool. on iTunes and Google Play and Amazon and Spotify. Yeah. Cool. The, the all whole right. Thing. Yep. Wow, that yep. sounds great. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Well, what you know, um, our time's about up, Warren. This has been. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to do this tonight. Um, it's what, been great. What what's the where are we going? Any idea what the future of worship in, is in the church? Um, <sighs> I think if if the if the hearts of the students that I work with here at Judson in the DeMoss Center for Worship and the Performing Arts, if they are representative of the hearts of other students in all the wonderful other Christian colleges and universities and even the students in secular universities who are part of university mm-hmm. or crew or navigators, if these hearts are representative, I think there is an exciting time coming for the church because I think we're going to strip away. I think the the best of what the boomers brought uh, is going to be is going to be retained. Uh, but I think a lot of the trappings are going to fade away, and, and I think um, mm-hmm. there's going to be a sense of a, a, a 
a seriousness about corporate worship that I I think hasn't been um, universal. Uh, and I think it's the next part of the worship renewal movement that uh, Bob Weber was talking about 25 years ago. I, I just see these younger generations leading worship that is going to get into people's souls and um, and, and make a difference in their life. And then that difference is going to go out and infect and affect uh, the dying world uh, wow. that we live in for Jesus Christ. I'm very encouraged for the future of worship. Fantastic. So, oh, that's really encouraging to hear you say that because we, you know, we've been noticing we're we're connecting a lot. A lot of the people who are visiting us at the catch are millennials, and uh, yeah. uh, I, I and even on a secular side, we have discovered some research that that connects boomers with millennials. They're saying, you know, there's a connection going on there. That the, the, a lot of they they want to. The millennials are, are listening to 70s music. They, they find that more authentic mm-hmm. than the 80s, 90s, and and beyond. You know, um, they're they're looking for some. Of the, they like some of the same shows. They you know this kind of thing. There seems just, to be some kind of a connection there. Yeah, yeah? no, you're right. I, I was just a kid was playing his guitar out in the lounge uh, just yesterday. In fact, it's one of the yeah. kids who's doing the, the young man who's doing the instrumental hymns album, and he's playing Stevie Wonder's "Isn't She Lovely," and I hear that, and I, said, <laughs> I, I patted him on the shoulder and said, "Dude, you are far too young to know about this music, but I'm so glad that you do." And, and yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's there's a definitely uh, they're, they're reaching back, and it's really cool. Okay. okay, so well, let's pray about that. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for. You know, I, I want to hear that. The thing to me that was important about the Jesus movement was that it was all about Jesus. And yeah. to me, that's that's what that's where we got to go. It's it's got to yeah. be all about Jesus again. And it and uh, I'm excited when I hear that. You know, Tony Campolo's Red Letter Christians you mentioned. Yep. Um, yeah, and the last two years you you've been using just the words of Jesus in in your worship. Yep. So yep. uh, exciting. These are great days. Yeah. I think so, too. Warren, uh, thank you so much. Can't thank you enough for this. Um, oh, it's been great chat. And, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it again sometime. And, and, and thanks for the plug. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to get you back out here I, at Judson I, sometime soon, too, John. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, I really do. I want to get going. Uh, you know, I, when I did the uh, – when I did the deal with uh, Purpose Driven, I just got off the road, and, and I'm finding it's hard to get back out again. So, yeah. um, I really appreciate that because I'm starting to I'm starting to call around a lot of the places I've been before, and and uh, I, I'm really trying to make that connection we just talked about. I think we can make it, you know. And yeah. uh, uh, you know, I I just have a really good time trying to show students where this whole Christian subculture came from, and guess what? We don't want to go there. We we, right. got, we got something else going on now. We want to go to the world, and that, exactly. that's what it's all about. That's what it was always yep. supposed to be. So very cool. Okay. Yeah. Warren, thank you so much. You bet, uh, we'll John. Do Thanks it for having sometime. me on. <laughs> yeah. Love to do it. Okay. Yeah. Take care, great. brother. All right. Bye-bye.
Okay, you were listening to Warren Anderson from Judson University, uh, director of DeMoss Center for Worship in the Performing Arts. And uh, join us next Tuesday night. We might keep this same theme going and talk a little bit more if we can get a guest that I'm hoping to be able to get. So God bless you. Remember Romans 12.1? Everything you do, do as a life of worship. Our whole life is our act of worship. We present ourselves living sacrifices, and that's our service of worship. So thanks, Warren, for reminding us about that. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.